Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Today. <laughs> All right. Galatians chapter 4, verse 3. I want to preach a message entitled, Signed, Sealed, and Delivered. Signed, Sealed, and Delivered. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were in slavery. Now, I want you to circle that or underline it. We were in slavery under the elements of the world. When the time came to completion, At just the right time, God sent his son. Somebody say amen. Amen. Aren't you glad God sent his son? Aren't you you glad for Jesus this morning? God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now, here's the next thing you need to circle or underline. To read. Redeem us. To redeem us. So redeem us from what? What I tell you to circle and underline? Slavery. So we have been bought from out of slavery. Now, oh, let me keep on reading. To redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Now, I love this. He takes us from a slave, and what's he make us? A son. Not not come to my house and be a slave, but come to my house and be a son. Now, I'm about to preach the gospel to you as hard as I can, as straight as I can, as real as I can, in your face as much as I can. And when you leave here, You can do what you want to do with it. But I've been told in the scripture that this is the power of God unto salvation. This is what saves you. This is what frees you. This is what heals you. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. It's what God has called me to declare and to preach unto you. Now listen, he has redeemed us from the law so that we might become his sons. And because you are sons... Wait a minute. Think about adoption. Now, when Abrielle come out of Holly, I didn't get to choose her. If she came out ugly, she'd just been my ugly little girl. And every baby ain't cute. Now, I don't care what you say. Come on. Y'all lie in this church house. Now, all, all the remnant babies are pretty, but now I've seen some babies that ain't pretty. They ain't all pretty. You better be glad God does a miracle in your mind and they look pretty to you. <laughs> anyway, they pretty though. I mean, they pretty to you. They pretty to us. They pretty to God. All right, listen now. I didn't get to choose Abriel. I didn't get to choose Judah. Look what Jesus does. He, didn't, he says this is an adoption. I chose you. And the Bible says that he chooses us before we could ever choose him. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that God chose to adopt you, take you out of slavery? And because you are his son and daughter, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. This is deeper than a molecular level. I'm about to preach. This is deeper than a molecular level. It cannot be found by medical science. This is a spiritual thing. This is a, I said it's a spiritual thing this morning. And because your sons, God has sent his spirit, the spirit of Jesus into our hearts hearts crying Abba Father you know what that word means that that word that word Abba is the most intimate word you can use for father in other words it's saying daddy he put the spirit of his son Jesus in our hearts and we can cry daddy 
So you are no longer, verse 7, a slave. Mm, that's, that, make me, that, that makes me about want to lose it right there. I am no longer. I was, but I am no longer. I used to be, but I am no longer. You could have called me that at one time, but I am no longer that. I am a new creation in Christ, in a new place, with a new name. I am no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son then God has made me an heir. Now, I'm not going to be long this morning, but I'm going to use that as the key passage today. And I want you to think about two words, slavery and redemption. Being a slave and being redeemed. Now, in the New Testament, Paul refers to those who are in sin, those who aren't slaved as those saved as those who are under slavery. Why? Because two-thirds of the world at that time were in slavery. Slavery didn't start a couple of hundred years ago. Slavery has always existed, you see. And it is the most vile. Is there anything more vile than slavery than a human being thought of as merchandise, bought and sold? So because Paul's readers would understand, his audience would understand slavery, Paul likens those who are in sin as those who are in the bondage of slavery. And he uses a word, and we just read it, God has redeemed us. Jesus has redeemed those who are slaves. Now there are, I don't want to get into the Greek, but I'm going to get into the Greek. The Bible was, the New Testament was translated, the Bible we've got was translated from Greek into English. Now I'm not a Greek scholar, I can't speak Greek, I can't even speak English that well. But, I know this. There are three words that the writer in the New Testament uses for redeemed. The three words are this. Agarazo, exagarazo, and lutru. And I want to talk about each one of these Greek words and bring out something out of the original Greek text that I think today is going to be a blessing to you. The first one I want to look at, the first Greek word that means redeem, redemption, is the word agarazo. Agarazo, it means paid for. You've got to understand the word redeemed had to do with the marketplace. It's an exchange. I buy something. I, I have redeemed something. Uh, there was a price that had to be paid for something. And so that's why the Bible talks about Jesus redeeming us, paying for us. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. Look at it, look at it with me. 1 Peter chapter 1. They're going to put it up on the screen. For you know that you were redeemed. From your empty way of life, inherited from your fathers. Well, let's just stop there. You were a sinner before you ever sinned. You inherited sin by your bloodline. Adam was a sinner. Therefore, because Adam sinned, you are born a sinner. I said it last week. I'll say it again. <laughs> My brother over there made me laugh. Sits in the back back there. I was talking about the nursery. I said a couple weeks ago, I said, you can look in that nursery and you'll see children. In there, and those little kids, they'll be fighting and fussing and biting and pulling and stealing. If they could cuss, if they could talk, they'd cuss. Because... You know why? Because they are sinners. They are born into sin. Nobody teaches their child how to lie, but won't they lie to you? Won't they? You remember the first time your child lied? You thought, who told you that? Who taught you to do that? They're doing what they are. They are sinners, therefore 
they sin. I was talking about it the other day. I said, they're in there right now. If you could drop the video from, from the nursery into here and just see what they're doing. I said, they're sinning. I said, they're, they're sinners. And my brother back here on his back row, he said, yeah, little dirty little things. <laughs> Nasty little dirty things. Just acting like they are. You know why? Because of Adam. We were all born into sin. And we will begin to do what we are. We, re we were like this from, it says, inherited it from our fathers. But to be redeemed, you can't use money to buy us back from this slavery of sin Perishable things like silver and gold won't work. But the next verse tells us what will work. But with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you've ever bought anything. I've bought a couple of vehicles before. I've bought a house before. Basically, anytime you buy anything, you know what they want you to do? They want you to sign it. Before the transaction is final, they want your signature. And they want you to sign everything. There's all kind of papers to sign when you buy a house or you buy a car. You just sign, sign, sign. But I'm going to tell you there was a once and for all signature over your life. When Jesus signed you, he purchased you. He signed you with his precious blood blood and he says that one belongs to me I'm reminded of a story of Hosea and Gomer Hosea it's in the Old Testament Hosea was a prophet of God God spoke to Hosea he's a living parable if you will God used him to be an example for us he told Hosea he said I want you to marry Gomer I want you to marry a woman who is promiscuous unfaithful a regular old hoochie mama it's okay that's what she was and God knew it and God said marry her and you know what you know what Hosea did he went out and married her and you know what she was fake. She, she, we're not told a lot of details, but she seemed to be like she was doing okay. But she went back to her old way of living, stepped out of out on out on Hosea and began to uh, see other people and uh, lay with other people, have relations with other people. Didn't even know the Bible says Hosea didn't even know if now the children that he had belonged to him and because she was doing this for so long and this here this is a note for some of you um uh you can only lie with dogs a certain length of time before you start getting fleas okay see she had been purchased bought From that. He made her a wife. Yes, she was promiscuous, but he made her a wife. And this is the picture of me and our relationship with God. God chose us and married us knowing that we cheat on Him. Is that right? Have you done everything just right since you've got saved? Well, you cheated on God. Did you ever choose the flesh over the spirit? Then you cheated on God. But guess what God did? God, the Bible says God is married to the backslider. He's in love with you. So guess what happens? So, so he goes and he marries uh, Hosea. You can find this in Hosea. Uh, chapter 1 and then chapter 3 you'll see some more instruction but he, he said go marry her he does that she steps out on him she winds up meeting the wrong people getting in the wrong crowd because she was doing the wrong thing and she got sold in to, into sex trafficking 
Hosea is trying to go on about his life and God tells Hosea, Hosea, go get your wife. Now if I was Hosea, I'd say, and do what? <laughs> I'd love to know what you'd like me to do. Go get your wife and buy her. Oh. And I then in return would have told God, ain't no way. I've already bought her a ring, bought her a house. I'm not fixing to buy my wife back. But that's exactly what God told him to do. And you know what he done? He done exactly what God told him to do. He went to the marketplace. He found his wife, and there she was, being sold to the highest bidder. Could you imagine? He walks up in there. He has his money, and he lays it on the table, and he says, I'm taking her home. Somebody says, well, here, I got, here, well, no, no, I, I'm taking her home. I got, so he said, no, I'm taking her home. Why? Because she is my wife. See, that's amazing to me. That's the picture of scandalous, radical love and grace of God. He will buy us back. But look what he does. Not only did he buy her, because see what I would have done, I'd have just tried to get by with the, by doing what God told me to do, but not doing anything extra. I'd have said, "Here's the money. You sorry? No good." Well, y'all would have too. Y'all would have too. Hey, I, God told me to God told me to get you out of this mess, but that's it. You're on your own now. But that ain't what He done. He bought her. And then he, the next Greek word I want you to look at it for redeemed is exagorazo, which means a purchase that brings you out, doesn't let you stay in. See, not only did he purchase her, but then he told her, get your clothes on, get in the car. We're going home. It's a, I felt that in my spirit. It is, a, it is a redemption. God's redemption is a redemption that just won't buy you, but it's a redemption that'll buy you and it will bring you out. It'll snatch you out of sin. It'll snatch you out of darkness. It'll make you a, from a sinner to a saint. And let me just say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. If God delivered you from the crack house, stay out of the crack house. If God delivered you from alcohol, leave the alcohol alone. If God delivered you in a, in a high, then don't get high again. God's love will purchase you, but not purchase you to leave you. It'll purchase you to bring you out. Is there anybody in here this morning who is thankful for a love that'll bring you out? Exagorazo. And here's a little tidbit of information. Self-fulfilling prophecy. If you get in hang around that mess that God delivered you from, you'll go right back to it. Uh, I've done seen it. Don't think, well, I can, I'm strong enough. You are not strong enough. In fact, you only become strong when you realize you are weak. Don't ever walk around here and think, I'm, I'm so strong in God. Baloney. Pitiful. That ain't even of the right spirit. You walk around here weak. You, 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 you want to be strong? recognize that you are nothing without Jesus, that you are weak, that you cannot even walk without him holding your hand, that you shun the very appearance of evil. Yeah, but Jesus say with sinners. Yeah, but you ain't Jesus. 
You ain't Jesus. I'm not telling, telling you not to show love and compassion to them and be around them at some time, sometimes and love them. How else are you going to love them? But I'm telling you, don't hang around them. Don't be, don't be best buddies with them because, listen, it, it will begin to pull you. Listen, God's redemption power saves you and then it saves you out. Of. Not only is it an agarazo, but it's an exagarazo. It is a redemption that will pull you out. There's one more word. Not only is it a, a love, a redemption that will purchase you, buy you. It's a redemption that will buy you to bring you out. In other words, it'll take you home. It'll take you from the slave market to the house. Not only will it bring you out of something, but this redeeming power of God will also set you free. Lutru. I, I don't know if that's how you say it. But that's how you spell it. L-U-T-R double O. In South Georgia, that's Lutru. <laughs> that's the word. That's where we get our word, because English language is a new language. That's where we get our word from loose. See, God's redemption power just doesn't buy you. Buys you to bring you out. But when it buys you to bring you out, it looses you so that you can walk in freedom. You remember last week I talked about uh, Lazarus. Jesus hears that his brother, not his brother, his friend, is dead. And he goes to... See about him. Well, Mary and Martha says you got there late. By the time Jesus gets there, he's dead. Not only is he dead, he's been dead for four days. The Bible says by now he already stinks. He's in a tomb. The stone has been rolled in place. You know the story. Jesus gets there and he calls out the name of Lazarus. Lazarus! Come! The Bible says that Lazarus begins to hop, bound up. Somebody, come here. Come on. Come on. Come on. All the way up here. One more step. You're Lazarus. Seth. Lazarus. Seth. Lazarus. You're a lady Lazarus. All right. <laughs> You're bound, Lady Lazarus. And I just caught, go over there in the tomb. You're out of the tomb. Get in the tomb. There you go. And I'm Jesus. Okay? And I call your name. Do you know what? You know how we're going. You know how the game works. You know the story. Okay, here we go. I'm going to call your name. Your name's Lazarus. And you're coming out of the tomb. But you're coming out of the tomb bound up. Okay? Lazarus! Not yet, I didn't say come forward. <laughs> Go sit down. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. No, you <laughs> Wait till I say come forth. <laughs> Lazarus! terrible. But anyway, come on. Come on. That's terrible. Come on. You're bound. You're bound. Stay bound. Bound. Bound tighter. There you go. Just barely can walk. Come on. And she comes out. He comes out. Oh, you messed me up. Lazarus comes out. And he, she is bound. Come on now. And you know what the Lord says? Loose him and let 
him go. Wait just a minute. Me and you are Lazarus. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. For, 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 for most people, the stone had already been rolled in place. You had done burn all your bridges. There was no hope for you. There was nothing that God could do for you. There's nothing you could do for yourself. You done messed up too much. But when everybody was talking about you, God called out your name. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And he came out and he was bound. But then he didn't, hey, but he didn't leave her bound. No, you know what he done? You know what he done to Lazarus? You know what he done to me? He said, now loose her and let her go. I'm telling you, God, it doesn't just bring you out to leave you bound. He wants to come and set you free. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. I know some people. I know in my own life. I banged my head up against the wall trying to do something for myself that only God could do for me. And I want to tell you something right now. What you need from God, only God can do. I'm not talking about religion right now. I'm talking about the mighty, wonder-working power of Jesus his redemption power is enough to buy you. But it just doesn't sign you. But it doesn't just sign you up. You're signed for it. But then he seals you with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but then he loots you. He looses you. He delivers you. I'm telling you this morning, you can walk out of here. Now, do with it what you want to. But I'm telling you as a child of God, I have been signed for, I've been sealed, and I have, by the power of God, like Lazarus, been delivered by his redeeming redemption that's only found in Jesus. Now, I want to ask you something. I've lost weight. I've got to pull my pants up. <laughs> Jacket's hanging off my arm. But what I'm about to say is important. I want to get it all right. And y'all do too. Want me to get it all right. Trust me. I've done something I haven't done in a long time. This just a couple hours. They were singing this song, this last song. I'd never heard it before. And it just hit me in a certain way. And I took off running. I took off from that front seat and I ran down here. I slammed those doors open. I ran through those double doors. I slung my big old self around. And I come back through these doors. And I thought to myself, that was kind of silly. Nah. Mm -mm. See, what I was thinking about was the freedom that I have in Jesus now. See, see, God's doing something in me. I don't know if you've noticed lately, but God's doing something in me. God's working some, some things in me. God's giving me a passion that I, 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 that I didn't even know I could have. He's, he's doing a work in me, and I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not going to resist it. I'm going to let God do what He wants to do. I've sold myself out to Him that I'm going to run after Him. I'm going to passionately pursue Him, no matter what's in my way, no matter what I'm facing, no matter whether people like it or they don't like it. And what I'm trying to tell you is this: This ain't fake, friend. What I'm about to tell you is real. I mean this with everything that's in me. I'm telling you, if you are bound, if you are lost, if you are not saved, I'm telling you, it's time to. To get right with God. There ain't no time to play games. And I'm not talking about religion. To hell with your religion. I'm not talking about being another church, going in another church, with another steeple. 
This ain't religion. This is the farthest thing from religion. This is a relationship with Almighty God. This is the only thing. I don't know of anything that can heal a marriage. I don't know of anything that can. I've never heard. I've never heard an alcoholic say, Allah set me free. I've never heard a drug addict, Carl, say I was strung out, addicted to this and this. I've never heard them say, Allah delivered me. But I have heard and I am hearing and I am watching and I am seeing and I am listening and I am expecting. I have heard hundreds of people say, I was an alcoholic, I was a drug addict, I was a sinner, but Jesus Christ set me free. Hallelujah. And what he will do for one, he will do for you. He will. He has. And he will continue to do what he does. This is the only answer. I said this is the only answer. You can turn your little nose up to it if you want to. And think that it's for weak-minded people. That I'm crazy. Out of touch. Whatever you want to think. But I've done come too far to care what you think. I've done seen God do too much. Set me free. Heal my daughter when she didn't even have breath in her body and in her lungs. I've seen God heal her. I've done seen God do too much. I've done seen too many drug addicts come into this place and nobody would give them not another moment. I've seen God deliver them. I've seen marriages in shambles. And I've seen God take the pieces that sin just broke, broke into pieces. I've seen God take and put them back together again. I've seen brokenness. I've seen heartbreak. I've seen the Satan come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have seen Jesus do what he was prophesied, that he would come to give us life and life more abundant. I seen today big old men bigger than I am. Both of them was bigger than I am, wider than I am, stronger than I am. And I seen God drawing them and with tears coming down. Oh, hallelujah. Tears coming down their eyes. They didn't care who was watching. They didn't care who was looking. They didn't know nothing about church. In fact, when they come up to the front, they come up here looking. That blessed me too. Because they didn't care who seen them. They didn't care what people might think about them. They knew that God Almighty was drawing them. I want you to think about this. Think about what I'm saying. Think about this redeeming power that I've talked about. The power that will by you, the power that will bring you out and the power that will set you free. I don't know how all this works. But I understand this. The Bible tells me this part, that no man can come to Jesus unless the Father draw draw you you can't get to Jesus unless the Spirit of God the Father draws you now think about this this amazes me there are 7 billion people on this planet There's 300 something million people in America. At the very beginning, as far as we know, the beginning, God created. 
I don't know how this works. But he spun this planet. And it has continuously spun. Tilted just the right way. So that sun comes up on this side of the earth. While there's the moon's up on the other side. Oceans come this far. But then they go back out just at the right time. Little babies are being born. Simultaneously. While in the hospital, in an ICU bedroom, they've just pulled life support off someone of a believer who's been saved for 50 years. And while God's creating, while God's spinning, He's taking saints by the hand and escorting them into glory. All at the same time. This morning, he's calling your name. Oh, hallelujah. All at the same time, while somebody that doesn't speak your language, doesn't know your culture, is bowing their knee right now, calling out to God Almighty. And he's just as real there. He's speaking to them. They've touched the hem of his garment. And he had, they have all his attention. While at the same time, he's calling out your name, drawing you today, saying, Come, 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 come unto me. Friend, that's a miracle. That God would think about you in such a way that he would call out your name. Last week, I apologized for taking so long as people were coming to receive Jesus. And I said, I'm sorry. Rob said, don't be sorry. This is a miracle. Right now, God is calling some of you. I know what it's like. I hadn't always been saved. I went through, battled through altar calls where I would squeeze the pew. I would squeeze the seat until my knuckles turned white trying to hold on to where I was at. But I felt this supernatural power tugging on every part of my being. Spiritually, my, my spiritually and my soul, even physically, I could feel the tug of the spirit. But I would fight it. I would white knuckle it, holding on to what I got instead of letting go of what I got so God could bless me with what I ain't never had. Do you hear me? And that is what God is wanting to do for you today. See, Griffin, come here. This is Griffin. Now this become my little buddy. And the reason he has is because on Easter, after Easter, that weekend, maybe it was one of the, I can't remember what service it was, but he came out to the front outside and he said, I'm not sure about it all, so I didn't come up, but I do want to get saved. Amen. Now, Griffin, Griffin gave his life to the Lord right out there. But since then, I've seen God working in his family. I've seen, was that your sister that got baptized today? Sister got baptized. I've seen people in this family coming to church. I told him a while ago. I don't know what he was doing. He was 
probably, I don't know where you was at, but you came across here and I said, I said, look, look what you done, look what you've done, did. <laughs> Told you I don't know the English language that good. <laughs> look what you have went and done. I said, you're, you're going to get your whole family saved. Today, I don't care if you're, how old are you, 12? 11. I don't care if you're 11. Listen to me. I don't care if you're 91. Sit down. God's calling you today. Don't run from it. Don't resist it. It's a miracle. I would ask you now for the next at least three minutes. To be reverent to what God's going to do. Stand with me all across the building. I want to ask you right now. I used to say I wouldn't beg, but Rob, I'm way past that now. I have nothing. I have, I have no, no reputation. I, I don't care what invites I may get or I may not get. I'm the pastor of this church. God has called me to this place. And I am responsible for what I say. And I am of no reputation. I have nothing I'm trying to save. I want to release my soul. I want to set myself free. Because I'm burdened down with truth. And the only way I can do it is to get the truth out of me to you. And you'll have to do what you, what you ever you decide to do with it. But it's on you. I'm asking you right now. If you don't know Jesus. Friend. Make the choice. Of receiving him. Now. I'm not talking about being baptized. I'm not talking about joining a church. I'm not talking about anything like that. Do you know how you receive Jesus? It's by faith. What you just heard today, whether you liked it or you didn't like the way it was presented, it was the gospel. Now you've got a choice. You've got to do something with what you've heard. And it would be better for you to go to hell and never hear the gospel than to hear it and reject it. To hear about his precious blood. To hear about the ultimate sacrifice. To hear about his goodness. And to reject it, you'll be reminded in hell. If you decide not to receive Jesus and not to give in to the drawing today, and you say, well, I'll do it tomorrow, but you don't know about tomorrow. Christian, I don't know about the next five minutes. I've done buried too many people that I thought I'd have tomorrow's with. I buried people that went to the hospital that I thought was going to stay for a couple days and never got out. I buried 15-year-old girls. So don't come with telling me you think you know what's going on. You don't have a clue. God let you in on just a little moment today. And he has given you this moment of miracle. A miracle moment. To receive 
to believe on him. Is Crystal here? Crystal, come here. This is going to embarrass the fire out of her. I probably don't even know if I should do it. Just remember, if you get mad and you never come to church here again, you're saved. shared some of your testimony with me at New Believers. What if I mentioned some of that? Crystal, I, she got here an hour early one day because she forgot what time New Believers started. Well, I let her sit in there almost the whole hour by herself. About 15 minutes toward 7, I came in there and she, was, she started telling me about Crystal BC before Christ. About a, about a situation. But anyway, she got into stuff that wasn't of God. Right? She was introduced into, you stop me if any of this ain't right. Introduced, was introduced to witchcraft and started getting involved in that stuff and you told me that you got to where you couldn't even hardly sleep just turmoil what but you had a friend that don't even live here that told you you need to go to church and I know the church you need to go to is that right Broader here. They said, I remember y'all sitting right there. Gave the altar call that day. And you gave your life to Jesus that day. Amen. Didn't you? And, and today, you got baptized, didn't you? What was that, two months ago? And you told me that next, that night when you left here, you slept. So well. Delivered and set free by the power of God. Is that not a miracle? Now, let me ask you do you think you'd do it for somebody else? I'm just saying, do you think if there was a lost person here today in your situation, do you think God could save them today? Would you encourage them to surrender, to give in? So that's what I'm going to ask you to do. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how long you've been there. I don't care how long you've ran from him. If God is calling you, they should come, shouldn't they? They should come. So I give you the opportunity now. I feel the Spirit of God in here. This is this is what Jesus will be doing. <laughs> this is what Jesus would be doing. If any man thirsts, let him come unto me. He'd go to the woman at the well. He'd go to the paralyzed man. He wouldn't be upset if they dropped him down from the roof. Messed up his preaching. For that is why he did. His love is extravagant. It's radical. And it's chasing you this moment. And you are not here by accident.
You're not here by mistake. Hey, you didn't just come to watch somebody be baptized. Maybe that's what you, how you got here. But that ain't what. No, God came to set you free. your head or close your eyes if you need God you need him and you don't care who cares so I don't care if you're old or you're young I'm asking you if God is tugging at you and you know it you don't have to wonder if God is tugging on your heart right now would you come? Would you step out from where you're at? Well, what would people think about me? What would they say about me? What do you mean, what would they think about you? What would they say about you? They'd celebrate you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Melissa, you want to get saved today? Okay. Anybody else this morning? You feel the Spirit of the Lord drawing? Anybody else? Now let me ask you. I used to say I wouldn't beg, but I done told you I'd beg. Y'all come. It's okay. See, they don't care. They're just staring at y'all. They don't care if y'all are staring at them. Because they want Jesus. Now, listen. I want to ask you right now. Do me a favor. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is this man who's paralyzed. He's paralyzed. Jesus is in the neighborhood. But he can't get to Jesus. Because he can't even walk. But he had four good friends. And the four good friends took his lame body, put it on a stretcher, cleaned him up, put clothes on him, and took him to where Jesus was. When they got there, the house was full. But no, they, didn't, they didn't turn around. They said, I know what we'll do. We'll drop him through the roof. He's got to get to Jesus today. Do you hear that? He's got to get to Jesus today. So that's exactly what they've done, y'all. They took him, loaded him up on a stretcher. They took him and put him on the roof and dropped him down. Jesus is preaching, and here's this paralyzed man being lowered down in the house. And you know what Jesus does? He doesn't get mad. He heals his body, and then he saves his soul. Some of y'all today spiritually feel paralyzed. So I'm going to get you to be a friend to somebody. It may feel awkward. But it's life or death for a lot of people. They may, see, because you can't get saved on your own. See, you don't get that. You think I can come and say a prayer later on one some other day, but you can't. Unless God draws you. So take advantage of the fact that he's drawing you today. I want you to look to the neighbor, to the left of you, or to the right of you. If you don't have one beside you, go to the one, one in front of you. Go down the street. Go anywhere. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to ask him, if you need to go to Jesus today, I'll go with you. Ask them right now. 
Come on. That's right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. 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 Come on. 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 Come on, come on, come on, clap, come on, rejoice. Are you getting saved? And tell me your name again. Melissa. And Stacy's getting saved. This is your this is your mama. Julian's getting saved today. One, two. This is, this is, this is good. Now, this is a miracle. Now everybody look at me. Look at me right now. You're going to pray. We're fixing to pray together. All of them out here are going to pray with you. And if you believe this prayer, you will be saved. All of your past will be erased. All of your past. Anything in your life will be Yeah, totally forgiven. So listen to me. Look at me. Do you believe what I said was true today? It was about Jesus. You believe it today? If you believe on Jesus today, you will be saved. Now we're going to pray this prayer, and you're going to pray it, and we're going to believe it together. Are you all ready? Come on, let's pray. Say, Lord, here I am. I heard the word. Drawing me. I need you. Forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died for me. And that you rose again for me. For me. For you. That you died for me. And all my past, all my sins, is erased. And now I'm going to live for you. I'm going to serve you. I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Now somebody give the Lord. Hey, hallelujah.
We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.